Speak to us now, Lord, we pray. Speak to our souls today. For this is why we've come, dear Lord. We're ready for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Heaven and earth will pass, but God, your word will forever last. We are ready for your word. Father, we pray now that your word will go forth in clarity, might, and power that those who receive your word would have fertile ground in their hearts to hear what the Spirit is saying. Bless us now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What are some of the best-known alliances in history? Now, alliances are simply relationships that are formed and, and forged that are typically mutually beneficial. Uh, so, for example, during war, uh, countries will form alliances. Uh, politicians will form alliances with other politicians. Uh, on a lighter note, those of you who are Marvel comic fans, you remember Captain America Civil War, and there were alliances that were formed, one side led by Captain America, one side led by Iron Man. And people decided which side they would take. They formed alliances. And my brothers and sisters, those alliances are, are made to be beneficial because it's more beneficial to have somebody on your side than to have that person against you. But what do you do when you feel like you are all by yourself? Uh, or maybe even worse, what do you feel like when you have made an alliance and those people who would say they, they, they had your back, those people who would say or had said they would never leave you, what what and how do you feel when those people are no longer to be found? The children of Israel were in a very challenging place. While God had acknowledged his power in their lives and had blessed them in a powerful way, uh, the truth of the matter is they were a nation by themselves. Uh, they were a nation by themselves. There, there were no alliances to be formed because they served a God that no other nation was serving. They were a chosen people. And in the midst of those times of difficulty, in the midst of those times of, of challenges, God wanted them to know that while they had no earthly alliances that they could depend on, they could depend on him. For a few moments today, I want to talk to you from the thought, when God is for you. Somebody today, I want you to leave here encouraged to know that no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, if you will focus on him, if you will obey him, God will be for you. If you have your outlines, would you say amen? If you need an outline, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. Four things I want you to see today out of Numbers chapter 22 and chapter 
23 that you will be able to read on your own. I want to give you a summary of these chapters as we glean the principles in our message today. Here's the first thing. Number one, realize God is watching. God is for you even when enemies are watching and working against you. Realize God is for you even when enemies are watching and working against you. Verse 1 of Numbers 22 says, The people of Israel traveled to the plains of Moab and camped east of the Jordan River across from Jericho. Balak, son of Zippor, the Moabite king, had seen everything the Israelites did to the Amorites. And when the people of Moab saw how many Israelites there were, they were terrified. The king of Moab said to the elders of Midian, this mob will devour everything in sight like an ox devours grass in the field. So Balak, king of Moab, sent messengers to call Balaam, son of Beor, who was living in his native land of Pethor near the Euphrates River. His message said, look, a vast horde of people has arrived from Egypt. They cover the face of the earth and are threatening me. Please come and curse these people for me because they are too powerful for me. Then perhaps I will be able to conquer them and drive them from the land. I know that blessings fall on any people you bless and curses fall on people you curse. Here are the Israelites poised to enter the promised land. They have a track record with God because God has led them out of Egypt by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And as they are approaching the promised land, you would believe and think, because it's natural, that there would be excitement amongst the people of God. People were in excited, anticipating with great expectation what God was going to do. They have come out of Egypt heading to their promised land. Their blessings are on the way. And the Bible says in the midst of the move toward their blessings, they have some enemies. They have some enemies that are watching and planning their downfall. Now, here's what's important for you to know. They don't know that these enemies are doing this. They have overcome the Amorites. They are now in the fields of Moab and the king of the Moabites, Balak, is looking at them saying, I am threatened by their presence. I need to do something. He knows, watch this, he cannot defeat them physically. They are too big in number. So he decides to attack them spiritually. He's going to do whatever he can to get the upper hand to defeat the children of Israel. When the Bible says they were afraid, the Moabites, the people of Moab, it, it literally means to be frightened out of their minds, to, to be terrified. And the Bible says that he sends out a word to Balaam and asks Balaam to come and put a curse on them so they could defeat them in battle. That, that word curse literally means to immobilize somebody. 
uh, to render them impotent, to withdraw from them power so they can be easily defeated. Now, here's what's interesting. Unseen and unknown powers of darkness are being mobilized against the children of Israel. Wait a minute, I thought you said they were going into the promised land. They were, but it doesn't mean they wouldn't have opposition. Let's go back for a minute. You know what got the children of Israel in trouble? You know what caused them to spend a generation in the wilderness? Not that God didn't promise them the promised land, but because they saw some giants in the land. And because of the presence of giants, they didn't think God could give them the promised land in the presence of giants. Let me help somebody in here today. Somebody in here, you may be on your way to your promised land, and I want you to know that in the midst of the journey on your way to the promised land, in the midst of God doing in your life what he has promised to do and what has, he has never done before, don't be surprised when there's some people behind the scenes plotting and planning your downfall. Why would somebody watch and work against you? Why would somebody want to see you fail? You know the number one reason? Envy. Yeah, envy. Write that down somewhere, envy. Listen, some people are envious of what you have. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're saying, but I don't have much. As long as you have more than them, they got a problem. You don't have to have a lot. All you have to do is have a little bit more or the same amount, and they want what you have or hate on what you have. Some people are envious of what you have. Some people are envious of who you are. Because when they look at you, you are who they wish they were. And for them, their perception is their reality. But here's what I need you to know. In the midst of all of that, even when enemies are watching and working against you, God is for you. When the enemies aren't physical, the enemies are spiritual. When the demons of hell are coming against you, know that God is for you. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, beginning of verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Here's the second thing. Number two, realize God knows what your enemies are saying and doing even when you don't. God knows what your enemies are saying and doing even when you don't. Balak prepares a bribe, a payment to give to Balaam, to get Balaam to pronounce a curse on the children of Israel. Now, those of you who are Bible readers, and when you go home and read these verses, uh, this is the pericope of Scripture that has within it that section where Balaam's donkey talks back to him. Three times, Balaam is asked and paid 
to curse the children of Israel. On this first occasion, it's interesting because Balak pronounces his confidence in the ability of Balaam to take the children of Israel down, to render them impotent so he can be victorious. But something happens that I believe shocks Balaam. God gets involved. Yeah, look at verse 9. That night, God came to Balaam and asked him, who are these men visiting you? Balaam said to God, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent me this message. Look, a vast horde of people has arrived in, from Egypt, and they cover the face of the earth. Come and curse these people for me. Then perhaps I will be able to stand up to them and drive them from the land. But God told Balaam, do not go with them. You are not to curse this people, for they have been blessed. The next morning, Balaam got up and told Balak's officials, go on home. The Lord will not let me go with you. Listen, plots and plans are being formed behind the scenes. The children of Israel have no idea what Balak and Balaam are talking about but God knows and because God knows God is able to intercede God speaks up and God notifies Balaam that nobody can curse what he has blessed y'all missed that shouting moment right there no one can curse what he has blessed now watch this because God promises to bless doesn't mean you're going to go free of opposition. Matter of fact, one of the mistakes that we make, we determine whether or not God is with us by whether or not we have opposition in our lives. If we see the presence of evil, we think the presence of evil automatically means the absence of God. And I got news for you. God doesn't have to move your enemies to bless you in the midst of your enemies. I wish I had some help in here. Sometimes God just wants to show off in front of somebody who doesn't believe that he can do what he said he would do. God knows what your enemies are doing. But, but watch this, watch this. That's why you should never spend time trying to figure out what your enemies are doing you know why because when you're trying to figure out what your enemies are doing you are not giving God all of your attention God says there's some stuff you just need to leave to me and let me handle it here's the third thing number three realize God can take what your enemies meant for evil and turn it around for your good God can take what your enemies meant for evil and turn it around for your good. Balaam says to the king, build me seven altars here and prepare seven young bulls and seven rams for me to sacrifice. Balak followed his instructions and the two of them sacrificed a young bull and a ram on each altar. Then Balaam said to Balak, stand here by your burnt offerings and I will go to see if the Lord will respond to me, then I will tell you whatever he reveals to me. So they figured, hey, we're going to offer a sacrifice. 
Balaam says, we're going to offer a sacrifice to God and see if that will satisfy God. And God basically says, I'm not going to be bought. I have made a commitment to bless my people. God says, listen, I've blessed Jacob and I've blessed Israel. And Balaam, there's nothing you can do to change what I have done. But, but watch how it gets crazy. So Balak says, I want you to come out and curse him. So Balaam goes out and instead of cursing them, he blesses them. And Balak says, hey, I didn't tell you to bless him. I told you to curse him. All right, let's try it again. We're going to go out to this section. And when we get out here, I want you to curse him. Balaam goes out again. Instead of cursing him, he blesses them. Balak says, hey, man, I thought we had an understanding. Did you not understand the words that were coming out of my mouth? I told you I want you to curse them. How come every time you go out to curse them, you end up opening your mouth and blessing them? Listen to me carefully. There's a blessing even when your enemies try to curse you. See, they can't condemn what God has not condemned. And God has a way of taking what was meant for evil and turning it around for your good. They think they're hurting you and they don't understand they're really helping you. Now you say, wait a minute, but pastor, you don't understand. It's painful to go through the process. I understand that the process may be painful, but the process will be profitable. God has blessings on the other side of what you're going through. You just have to learn how to focus on him and not on your enemies to recognize that even in their cursing you or their attempt to curse you, God can take what they mean for a curse and turn it around and bless you. There's somebody in here right now, somebody in here right now who, who can think back to a moment. Help me, Holy Ghost, who can think back to a moment in your life when somebody said something that they thought was going to hurt you and God turned it inside out and used it to bless you. Balaam said, I can't curse those God has not cursed. I can't condemn those the Lord has not condemned. The blessings of God are too great in their life for me to refuse to acknowledge and go along with God and his program. Now, I know what some of you may be thinking. You're saying, well, well, well how, how, do we, how do we know? Let, let me give you a couple of things real quick. Look at A. You are blessed. You are blessed. No, no, y'all missed it. It was so simple, it went over your head. I'm talking about right now. You are blessed. Some of y'all sitting there looking like you, you're drinking bombing fluid. I said, you are blessed. Some of you are looking at your life right now saying, but pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. I'm here to tell you God brought you through. You're talking about what's in front of you. Just find encouragement from what's behind you. Think about how far God has brought you. 
through many dangers, toils, and snares, made a way out of no way. You are blessed, right? If God doesn't do anything else for you, you have I got two or three more people who are not ashamed to acknowledge that they are blessed by God right now. Been through the storm and rain. I'm blessed. Been through hardships and pain. I'm blessed right now. But watch this, watch this. Not only are you blessed, look at B. God is the source of your blessings. God, God is the source of your blessings. You need to realize God can bless you even when your enemies are up and against you. You are blessed. That, that's what David says. God can prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Joseph said to his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And how many of you know what God means is always greater than what somebody else means? How many of you know somebody else may intend it one way, but God can take what was intended one way and turn it around and use it another way? Here's the fourth thing, and I'm going to let you go. Number four, realize God is faithful and will finish what he started in your life if you let him. God is faithful and will finish what he has started in your life if you let him. They offer another sacrifice of burnt offerings. Want to find out what God's opinion is. And watch what the Lord says through Balaam again. Verse 18, rise up, Balak. And listen, hear me, son of Zippor. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Listen, I received a command to bless. God has blessed and I cannot reverse it. Now, now watch this. He not only talks about the present, but watch the testimony of what's coming. Look at verse 21. No misfortune is in his plan for Jacob. No trouble is in store for Israel. For the Lord their God is with them. He has been proclaimed their king. God brought them out of Egypt. For them he is as strong as a wild ox. No curse can touch Jacob. No magic power has any power against Israel. For now it will be said of Jacob, what wonders God has done for Israel. Listen to me carefully before I take my seat. So many times in life, we get caught up. So many times in life, we, we miss the central, essential lesson that God is trying to teach us. God never promises to make you exempt from enemies. God never said, everybody's going to be happy because you're being blessed. Matter of fact, expect enemies to show up either before you bless, while you're being blessed, or after you are blessed. 
Yeah, I know I'm right about it. They, they'll either try to rob you of your joy before you get it, throw water on your joy after you have it, or try to steal your joy when you're trying to enjoy it. Watch what the Bible says. The Bible says the reason you can rejoice is because of not what you're going through, but who's with you in the midst of what you're going through. See, the hand of God was on Israel, and it was evident to everybody. That, that's why the enemy showed up, because they saw the hand of God on Israel. Let, let me give you five, five guarantees that God gives us. It's right here in the text. You can find it, and there's some supporting scripture, and then I'm going to take my seat. A, God's truthfulness guarantees your blessings. He is not a man that can lie. Whatever God has said, it will come to pass. May have to go through some things to get there, but God is no shorter than his word. Have I got a witness in here? Look at B. God's faithfulness guarantees your blessings. He is a faithful God even when we are faithless servants. God is faithful. He will stay with. Can I tell you something about a faithful God? No matter what you do, no matter what you go through, no matter what comes your way, God is faithful. This morning, he woke you up, not because you were so good yesterday. As a matter of fact, if it was based on yesterday, you wouldn't have gotten up this morning. But God is faithful. And every morning, you have received new... I'm going to preach up in here if I don't do it by myself. Look and see. God's promises guarantee your blessings. When God makes a promise, he keeps his promise. He keeps his promise. Look at Romans 4:20. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Anybody in here can you testify God can do and God will do whatever he promises to do. But watch D, God's presence guarantees your blessings. Yeah, God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you. When you go through the fire and the flood, I will be with you. And it doesn't matter whatever comes your way, my presence makes a difference. I remember going through some dark times and and there was places where I didn't want to go as a child because they were scary places. Uh, my grandmother had a house next door to her. And it was an old abandoned house. And it was dark, no electricity, no windows. Every now and then we'd throw rocks over there. But, but we would hear scary stories to keep us out of there. But I remember one night my, my father heard a noise over there. And uh, he decided to go check it out. I was scared to go in the house in the daytime, let alone at night. But you would be surprised how much courage I got when my father was with me. And all I'm trying to tell you is your heavenly father <laughs> is with you. And his presence should make a difference. Storms may come. <laughs> Winds may blow, breakers may dash, but if God is with you, he's more than the world against you. 
Have I got a witness here? Let, let me hurry up and take my seat. Here's the last thing. God's power guarantees your blessings. His truthfulness guarantees your blessings. His faithfulness guarantees your blessings. What's the next one? Huh? No, not presence. Presence was number four. Come on now, go back. I'm, you filling in blanks. You're not staying with me. Huh? His promises guarantee your blessings. His presence guarantees your blessings. And the last one, his power guarantees your blessings. In other words, we serve a God who is able. Ah, I'm like, oh, preacher, I feel my help coming now. And when we serve a God who is able, we don't have to worry about what comes our way. Have I got a witness here? Yes. Yes. Look at what the Bible says. And I am sure, Philippians 1, 6, of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 1, 3 says his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Somebody ought to be able to give God some praise because when God is for you, he's more than the world against you. When God is for you, he's able to do exceeding and abundantly above all you can ask and think. Have I got a witness here? When God is for you, he'll open doors that no man can shut and close doors that no man can open. When God is for you, when man, it might seem impossible, but when God is for you, all things are possible. Have I got a witness in here? Yes! 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 Oh, yes. When God is for you, it doesn't matter where your enemies are. It doesn't matter who's coming against you. It doesn't matter what you got to go through. Just keep on pressing. Keep on praying. Keep on fasting. Keep on serving. Because God will bring you through. Anybody in here? Can you testify that God has brought you through? Through many dangers, toils, and snares. Anybody in here? Can you testify that if it had not been for the Lord on your side, where would you be? You came through a whole lot. Nobody knows the trouble you've seen, but you're a living testimony that God is able. Yes! Yes!
We bless you, God. Thank you for being for us. When enemies we didn't know were against us. <laughs> when people tried to steal our business, you moved them out the way and then gave us more business. When people left and said you won't make it without us, they left and God, you took us to another level. Hallelujah to the Lamb. You've done more than we can ask or think. God, we thank you. Kept us. Kept us. Kept us. Kept us. We say thank you. Somebody in here right now. Look back over your life. And, and in all honesty, there are people who are gone who have been through less than what you've been through. But you're here today because God was on your side. Kept in your right mind when you could have lost your mind. But, and you're here because God was on your side. The enemy thought he had you. But Jesus saved you. Because God was on your side. They plotted and planned your downfall. Said you would never make it, but God was on your side. I, ha I had one try to fire me, but God was on my side. He wanted to fire me and he got demoted because <laughs> God was on my side. And I don't know about you, that's a blessing, boy, when God is on your side because he's fighting stuff that you don't even know about. You don't even know what the enemies are trying to do and I'm telling you today, all you need to do, don't worry about what your enemies are doing. Just worry about what you're doing. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Focus on doing what God has called you to do. And watch God do what no other power can do. Everyone who can, everyone who will, if you stand on your feet wherever you are. Everyone who can, everyone who will. If you're here today. I want to give you an opportunity today to say yes to the Lord. I don't know where you are in your walk with God, but as the Christian workers come forward and there are others who are standing here who can show you how to ask the Lord into your life. If you don't know the Lord, I want you to know God will many times use circumstances and situations in your life to